Hello and welcome to the bloop number of, uh, wait, hello and welcome to the bloop number, nope, hello and welcome to the bloop number, uh, episode, <laughs> you're bleeping the word, you're bleeping the number, you don't say number. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to the bleep episode of Partial Recall. My name is Daniel. I'm one of the hosts. I'm here with my friend Yishai, the other of the hosts. Yishai, why don't you tell people what this podcast is about? Uh, this podcast is about movies that we've seen as kids that we only sort of remember. Uh, so we try to recreate the plot from memory uh, and then we break, go watch the episode and then come back and talk about uh, what we got right, what we got wrong and if the movie held up. And as we've been going along, we've also been determining whether or not these are movies that our kids should experience in their child. And I guess I'll explain what that obnoxious bleeping sound is about, yes. <laughs> which is that the other thing that we do on this podcast is we generally connect the episodes. So if we record an episode on uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, we might say, ah, Pierce Brosnan was also in Mrs. Doubtfire. Let's record an episode on Mrs. Doubtfire. And then we might record an episode of Mrs. Delfire that is... So cursed. Yes, I would say cursed. Yeah. And so uh, now I don't know what episode number it is anymore because I'm not sure if we're counting that one because we're probably never going to release it. So... TBD. I would say TBD. I would say the recording process and length of time it took us to record um, make it all add up to it being... Potentially unreleasable, likely unreleasable. Um, Just in case anyone's curious, I understand that you know you might think, oh, the Mrs. Doubtfire episode. Maybe some one of them said something terrible. Um, no one said anything terrible in the Mrs. Doubtfire episode. Yeah. To be clear, there's no like uh, hate speech uh, or anything in the Mrs. Doubtfire episode. If anything, if we talk ourselves in circles about the implications of the movie. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, what movie are we talking about today? So this week we're talking about Independence Day, which uh, I guess if we want to connect it back to Tomorrow Never Dies, tomorrow is a day and Independence <laughs> is a day. So really it's totally a seamless process. Yep. Yep. This movie also has Harvey Fierstein in it, who is in Mrs. Doubtfire. And that was the original idea of connecting these movies. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I like your days connection. That's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah um next we're gonna do valentine's day and then mother's day and then flag day christmas day isn't there a flag day movie i don't Uh, think so there's a whole bunch of cursed day movies from like gary marshall or whatever yeah there's a bunch they have a bunch of famous actors who Uh, all like pop in and out uh i bet those are like real huge pay days I just did a search for Flag Day in IMDb, and there is, but Flag Day is not one of those Gary Marshall movies. It is directed by Sean Penn, Uh, and it is about a father who lives a double life as a counterfeiter, bank robber, and con man in order to provide for his daughter. That's not a real movie. Uh, No, it sounds entirely made up. 
Sean Penn is, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, Sean Penn, uh, Johnny Depp for other reasons, but like they've just gotten so weird and they just do such weird stuff now. Um, that's it. That's my, uh, my very short rant about What's your take on formerly hot young actors who, uh, start talking weird in real life because they are like so addled by all their weird acting experiences. Um, I was just going to say more like Sean pencil. Cause I wish I could erase that movie. <laughs> Is that anything? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. I don't think it is. Uh, okay. Independence uh, good Day. Rambling. Great rambling. Uh, Independence Day. What do you remember about Independence Well, let me do the, the deets. Do I know, the deets. I know it's been a while since we've recorded the first half of an episode, but traditionally we run through the details of this movie. God, remember when we were going to record <clears throat> the entirety of Mrs. Doubtfire in person? In, in one, one sitting. sitting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we are so bad at playing. I mean, look, okay. part of the hiccup was that you were in the same country as me for the first time and so weirdly that made it harder right, but that's what i'm saying like together. once we didn't pull together in that time you had to then travel back to another country nothing uh, else happened in between no uh okay okay uh, so, so yeah give me the deets on independence day. independence day uh was directed by roland emmerich i, I almost for a second, as I was reading it, thought his name might be Ronald Emmerich, and I've been calling him the wrong thing for all this time. <laughs> but no, his name is Roland Emmerich. Keep rolling, rolling, rolling Emmerich. That's his name. Oh, nice uh, Limp Biscuit reference. Um, you know, Roland Emmerich, uh, he also co-wrote it with a man or woman named Dean Devlin, uh, who also produced it, Dean Devlin. Uh, it stars Will Smith, Bill Pullman, Jeff Goldblum, Mary McDonnell, Judd Hirsch, Margaret Conlon, Randy Quaid, Robert Lagia, James Rebhorn, and finally, Harvey Fierstein. Uh, it was released, unsurprisingly, on July 3rd, 1996. Uh, One day early. And they were like, tomorrow never dies because it's Independence Day. <laughs> right. See? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, distributed by 20th Century Fox, a runtime of an hour and uh, sorry, 145 minutes. That is a pretty long movie. Uh, a budget of 75 million, so a big budget movie. Thankfully, it recouped that and then some to the tune of 817.4 million, which I assume is a global block. That's got to be worldwide. Yeah. Uh, still, a lot of money. Yeah. Um, an incredible movie. I love this movie as a kid. Uh, and I, I actually distinctly remember its success being part of the marketing campaign. I remember watching like Sports Center and seeing ads for Independence Day. And the premise of the ads was they were interviewing people coming out of the theater who were talking about how many times they had seen the movie. Interesting. Because they were like, how many times have you seen the movie? People were like, I've seen this movie six times. It's the best movie ever. And like, it was a thing to see this movie in theaters a ton of times. Uh, is something I distinctly remember about it. You don't think that, uh, like, did you only see it post all of that hype or did you see it like out of the gate? So I believe I saw this movie at the Ziegfeld Theater in New York, which at the time was like the premier theater for uh, like big screen showing. So this was before everything was like, you got to see it in IMAX or wherever. The Ziegfeld was a single screen theater in New York that showed that did like big premieres and uh, had an enormous 
very high quality screen. I think they probably did like 70 millimeter stuff there. I'm not 100% on that. Uh, so I, I'm pretty sure I saw this movie at the Ziegfeld uh, and it uh, lived up to the billing of a movie that is worth seeing on a giant screen. Nice. Uh, I have no recollection of when I saw this movie. I'm almost positive I did not see it in theaters, uh, which may be giving away how little I actually remember about the movie. Um, it's possible I did, right? Like, it's possible, considering, to your point, like, the success, like, it was just a thing that, like, you know, some friend was like, we got to go see this, and, like, maybe I saw it in theaters. But I do remember watching it uh, in a friend of mine's house, for sure. But I don't know if that's the first time I saw it. Um, yeah. So the other obviously interesting thing about this movie is this is the movie that turns Will Smith into a movie star. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, he was already a TV star, right? Like Fresh Prince was. Correct. Yeah. But that so was Fresh like, was he, he kind of went from like boys to men, if you will. Right? Like, And then back to bad boy. Oh. Right after this movie, I believe. Boys to men to boys. Yeah. I just mean in the sense that like. He was definitely a huge TV star, but he hadn't like crossed over in that way of becoming a movie star. So he was a musician first, mm-hmm. uh, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. Uh, then he's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, he's a bunch of TV stuff, and then you know what? Bad Boys is first. Oh, he's Bad Boys first, and then uh, Independence Day. And that, I think it's, it's the combination of those two things. And then the final nail in this is Men in Black. Right. So like those three things are like the full Will Smith. He can be cool and he can be funny and he can carry your action movie. And he like immediately went from zero to fully bankable movie star. And that was a streak that lasted until like. He the, saw Chris Rock in the face. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the mid 2000s, beauty. right? Like, uh, seven pounds maybe ends that. Hancock, Hancock, Hancock was pretty big. I think Hancock made a hundred million dollars. Uh, it might be seven pounds. Uh, definitely, I remember like that movie uh, After Earth with his son. Um, mm-hmm. Like not a big hit. Yeah, like the the talk around that movie was like, oh, Will Smith is not no longer like guaranteed. To be like I'm, the big box office draw. And that's also a Shyamalan failure, but I'm literally looking at the list of his movies and my eyes just slipped past After Earth. Like I didn't even <laughs> right. like acknowledge that it existed as I was going through the list. That's, that's a Shyamalan movie? Yeah. That's how much that movie doesn't exist. Um, he's obviously the genie in Aladdin, which no one else did before or better. Yeah, no one else uh, that we've talked about two or three times. Guys. <laughs> two or three times. Look how you count. <laughs> oh, man, the cursed episode. Okay, so you don't remember the movie. I don't remember uh, the movie. Well, should I try to... You should go first, because I think I remember this movie really, really well. Okay, I I legitimately remember so little about this movie. Here's what I remember about this movie. Okay, um, I assume it unfolds over the titular... Independence Day uh, weekend, I guess. There's like aliens that arrive and they kind of just like park their ships in the air, maybe. This is like, an, or maybe I'm thinking of Arrival. <laughs> um, I, I think there's like some similarities. A, there's some kind of imminent alien, alien invasion. Uh, Bill Pullman is the president 
and he's like, these aliens will not ruin our Independence Day. <laughs> he says that right at the beginning. Of the <laughs> and then they're like, the name of the movie is Independence Day. Will Smith is a brash young pilot who uh, like bombs the uh, flying saucers so they uh, don't destroy the Earth. Um, I remember he does like a, a real loud uh, scream of excitement after he blows up a ship as he's like piloting away. Top you don't remember style. the movie at <laughs> no, all. No. <laughs> I really don't. Okay. What's um, the most iconic image of this movie? Uh, the green laser beam blowing up the White House. You got one of the two colors correct. It is a White House. It is the White House. It's not a green beam that's coming out of the ship? I believe ship. it's a blue beam that's coming out of the ship. We'll see on the poster. I'm pretty sure that's the poster, uh, right? Yeah. So the iconic image of this movie is the alien spaceships, as you said, arrive, and they're sort of hovering over uh, many buildings. They're all around the Earth. Yeah. And all at the same time, they destroy those buildings. And so the movie cuts, and it shows you, like, destroying the White House, destroying like the Eiffel Tower destroying like the pyramids or whatever. It, I don't remember all the buildings. The White House is the iconic shot. Uh, so this is like, then, uh, these are like like ISIS aliens. This is like a alien Sama bin Laden type, <laughs> type deal. Sure, sure. Why not? Uh, do you remember Randy Quaid's character in this movie? Is he like a, like a tinfoil conspiracy theorist? He is, and he's like a crop duster, and he like volunteers to fight against these aliens because uh, he knows how to fly planes. Okay, and he discovers the weak point, but we don't need to talk about that yet. Okay, is okay. Jeff Goldblum? What about Jeff Goldblum. What is Jeff Goldblum in this movie? I mean, I'm definitely like conflating Jurassic Park in this, but is he like the like? alien scientist who's like uh, in my opinion i think we should uh not provoke the aliens like like that kind of thing he definitely doesn't say we should not provoke the aliens who remember have just blown up the white house <laughs> um uh he says he says the the famous line immortalized in the jim gaffigan joke about removing your glasses he says if we give the aliens a cold uh so okay so <laughs> <laughs> but is that right? Is he like a... He's, a, he's like a... He might be like a xenobiologist. Cryptozoologist. What's a cryptozoologist? That's from raw shark texts. It's about... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's about animals that are made up of words. <laughs> very, <laughs> very specific. Not a real thing. Okay. Uh, no, it might also be... Cryptozoology might be like the study of like litter or like... Uh, animals in like fables or whatever, or like mythical animals. Cryptozoologist like salary is something I just googled <laughs> accidentally. You can make for anywhere from thirteen thousand to one hundred twenty-two thousand dollars being False. a cryptozoologist. False. That's uh, impossible. It's impossible <laughs> to be true. Um, okay, but he uh, is sure. okay. So I'm right. He's like a scientist, like an alien scientist. Sure. Yeah. Um, Who's Vivica A. Fox in this movie? Uh, Will Smith's love interest? I believe that that is correct. Yes. Okay. I don't remember uh, everything about her. She's like, when uh, he like gets in his like fighter jet, she's like, don't, like, I'm going to withhold this kiss so that you can come back and give it to me. Not. <laughs> <laughs> 
the kiss. Specifically. That's exactly what she said. <laughs> says, when you, you can give it to me when you get back. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Um, so if I remember correctly, and I'm like has I'm really hesitant to say even this thing that I remember, but I think she is a um a stripper in the movie. You better be right. I really <laughs> better be right. This you're cutting this out if I'm not right. <laughs> um I think that that's what she is in this movie. Um and that she is his girlfriend and they're going to get married okay that's fair uh i think so okay god they're definitely going to get married and i I think he's got like the wedding ring and he's planning to give it to her when he gets back do you remember sorry sorry hold on hold on hold on let's backtrack he's planning to what when he gets back marry her he said give it to her (laughs) 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 see good Good, good. All Perfect. roads lead back. All roads lead back. Um, he is going to give something to the Fox. We both remember that. <laughs> okay, so the aliens arrive. Time out. If you're going to ask me who characters are, we have not discussed who Harvey Firestein is. Oh, who's That's, Harvey Firestein in this Fierstein. movie? I have no idea. Uh, but is, <laughs> I know I just made you ask me, but that is our connection. Uh, I in uh, here, Here's the, the interesting thing. I... Here's my memory of who he is in this movie. He is just like a guy who dies on the street in this movie. <laughs> just like a building falls like, on him. I think he's like, I, I don't even know if he has like a line of dialogue in this movie. Interesting. He is, he was like really far down the billing list. Actually, not true. He does have a line of dialogue as I remember. I think he says either, oh shit or oh crap. <laughs> Right before he dies. Does he fall into a pile of manure as he's saying it? Maybe. Ooh, like in Back to the yeah, Future? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I just think he has like, uh, uh, maybe he has some sequences, but I think he just, he's not, I think he dies early. So he's not, the, here's he's not like the presidential advisor or anything. He might be an advisor. He Maybe he's like a scientist that works with Jeff Goldblum. Okay. That sense. Right. But I think, here's what I think happens. Yeah. The aliens arrive. Right, they like plant their ships over all these landmarks because they're like very touristy, and everyone's trying to figure out what to do. And so some of those people trying to figure out what to do are Jeff Goldblum and Harvey Fierstein and Bill Pullman and Steven Seagal. Sure, Steven Seagal dies right at the beginning of this movie. He gets sucked yeah. out of a plane, um, and. They're trying to figure out what to do. And then also there are people who are like, welcome aliens. Like they're really excited that there are aliens. Right. And everyone's like trying to figure out what's going on, blah, 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 blah. And like going to see the alien ship up close and all of this. And then um, the aliens strike. Right. And the military is also gearing up, I think, before they do anything. And they call Will Smith's character back into service. And he's like, nothing's going to happen. Don't worry. It's not anything, I'm sure. And then the aliens are Will like, Smith is saying that? Uh, he's like the authority? Yeah, I, think he says that. I think he says it to Vivica A. Fox. No, I think she's like, don't go. I don't want you to go. And he's like, I'm being called into service. I have to go. Oh. So he tells her not to worry. Sorry, I maybe didn't say that well. So then he goes back. Okay. So then- When he goes back, is there like a scene where he's like, he has like his pilot jumpsuit, but it's like tied around his waist and he's wearing like a-, a 
Yeah, I'm about to get okay, to that. Sorry. So he he is then called in, and then there's like the thing where the, the giant spaceships blow up a bunch of buildings, and then they they deploy all these fighter jets to go fight them, and uh, the big ships put out all these little ships, and there's like all this dog fighting, right? Uh, and Will Smith, who is a fighter pilot, uh, there he's in the dogfight, and he takes down one of the alien ships, but also has to eject from his own ship. And then he goes like he's near the other alien ship, and he goes to look at it, and the alien's there, and he like kills it. He like uh, and he says something violently, really beats cool. It. Yeah, he kills it with he like slaps it to death, <laughs> and then he says something really cool. I don't remember exactly what it is, right? And he's like landed somewhere in the middle of nowhere. And so he carries the alien with him back to like the base in his parachute. He like drags it. And that's when he's got his jumpsuit like tied half down and he looks so cool. insanely cool. Yeah. Right? He's wearing like a and tank top and there's like dog tags. And they're all like, they're all like, we don't need you grunt or whatever. And then he slams the alien's body on the table and they're like, oh, okay, maybe this is a good person to have around. Yeah. Right. And so that's when they study the alien's bodies and Jeff Goldblum is there and he realizes that it's a, like a drone and they're all taking orders from the mothership. Uh, and so they're like, we need all the volunteers we can get. We got to take the fight to them. And so then they take the fight to the aliens, but there's like, I think like a force field around the big ships. So they're not able to do any damage. And then. Randy Quaid's character, who is like a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist guy who believes in aliens and has always been really, he was abducted by aliens, I think, his character. He says he was abducted by aliens. He does actually literally wear a tinfoil hat. He does like a suicide run, but he flies his plane into the cannon underneath. And that blows up the whole ship. And so they're like, that's the weak point. So he they dies. tell all He's of the dead. other ships, he dies. Okay. But they tell all the other pilots like to aim their guns and missiles they're like that idiot could have just fired a missile maybe but anyway so that's how they start to take the fight to them but then jeff goldblum realizes the thing i said about them being like drones and they're being a hive mind and so they have to destroy the big ship and so will smith is like i will get in i will fly the alien ship from the alien i killed i will fly that ship into their base because they also recover that ship. Right. Right. And that's how they study their technology. So he flies that ship and he definitely says like, "Woo, this thing really flies or something. Um, so anyway, so they fly in and Jeff Goldblum's idea is that they can like program like a mind virus into the mother. Because he, he literally does the thing of like, we can give them a virus. Right. Uh, and, I, and then he does that in the mothership and that ends up taking them all out and they escape in a... Thrilling escape sequence, I imagine. And then Will Smith marries Vivica A. Fox, who is fingers crossed. A stripper. <laughs> Wait a second. Does he Hopefully. does he fly his ship into like outer space? Or like is the hive mind ship like I think the big ship is still in outer space. Okay, so he like goes to space to like like give it a cold or whatever. Okay. And before they do their like final assault. Bill Pullman gives his big speech. He says the the thing that's in Interstellar like six times, like we will not go quietly into the night, right? Like we will remember today our Independence Day. It's like a really good. Oh, hold on a second. Sorry. To be clear, 
Does this unfold over July 4th weekend or I'm not, I think maybe like, is it like we will make this a double independence day or is it just like a totally random time? But like the independence day is independence from the aliens. I think I'm not sure. Is there not a scene? It it, it must be, it must be July 4th. It must be July. I feel like there's a scene in which there are people. sort of extremely obvious thing that they would do. Well, I think there's like a scene where there's like people who are like grilling and like the ships kind of fly overhead and they're all like looking up from their grills. Uh, and like they're they're ball tossing, um, does that not ring a bell? I mean, that could be literally any movie, but like I feel like that's a thing that happens. Like these like giant shadows of ships fly over people like celebrating July Fourth, and they all like look to the sky. I think I think they arrive before July Fourth because remember they're there for a little bit before they do right. anything. So they know. But They've been studying they, the human culture, and they're like, you know, it would be rad as if we blew we're up. We're really going to destroy Paris on Independence <laughs> Day. <laughs> yes. The French, in France, this movie is called Bastille Day. Right. Uh, maybe. Who knows? Uh, okay. So I think, I think I have a pretty good memory of the movie. Most of I remember the characters. I don't remember how everything comes together. When you quiz me on the uh, uh, characters... I feel like I remember them all individually, but I do not remember the plot. So, yeah, maybe. Okay, so I sent you the poster. Interestingly, the poster is the the giant alien spaceship with a white light over the Chrysler building. So we were both wrong. Uh, the Empire State Building. Uh, and it says, the question of whether or not we are alone in the universe has been answered. And it also says, don't make plans for August. Which is a pretty good tagline. That is a good tagline. This is a good poster. I mean, is this a scale? This can't be the scale, right? That is an enormous ship. Well, they didn't really build it in real life. That's not what I was asking. I just mean, like, in the movie, is the ship... You know, in the movie, I think they're enormous. They're, like, this big. Like, they cover, like, half of Manhattan. I think so. Um, but this isn't giving us much else. So, I mean, it's not surprising that one of the monuments they're over is in America, is in New York. Um, they're like, they're like, what if they were like really dumb aliens? They're like, we'll abduct this giant human. <laughs> they think like the Empire State <laughs> Building is a person. Uh, okay. So that didn't really give us a ton of extra information. So let's look at the VHS box, uh, which shows a blue <sighs> light coming out of the spaceship and destroying the White House. But as you can see, the the build the the ship is to a similar scale. The ship looks incredible. The other thing I remember, and it's not in either of these pictures, uh, which we will describe, is that um, the aliens also look really cool. They look kind of squiddy, in my recollection, and they have this like very they're like maybe white or like a, like whitish translucenty skin, and they have exoskeletons. And you're, you're saying like they're not the classic uh, like little green men. They're not little green men. I remember them looking really cool and kind of buggy and squiddy and good. Um, Is that a nice word? Good? They look good? Okay. So let me describe the VHS box. On the the front of the box, we're looking at the widescreen series from VHS Collector. Um, It says Independence Day, the title. And then under the title, it's sort of barely visible. It says ID4. Um, which for some reason became the Where light. does it say that? I see it on the back of the box. No, so if you look, uh, 
under the words Independence oh, Day. Yeah, that looks. It like, says ID four in this like translucent. It looks like the X Men logo. Blue font. Um, yeah, but yeah, th- this movie had a had like this like nickname of ID four. Yeah, it's on the back. ID four. Maybe it was the AOL keyword. Yeah, maybe. Um, and we see the giant ship that extends off the edges of the picture, so you get a sense of the scale. Shooting a blue beam and destroying into the White House or abducting. Still unclear. The White House Still is at this point unaffected, so it's not destroyed. Right. But everyone knows what's about to happen. Uh, on the spine of the box, we have that same image again. Um, and then on the back of the box, it said, well, Independence Day is presented in its original widescreen format. Who cares about yeah. that? This is the widescreen series. Okay, it says, ID4 is undeniably fun. David Denby of New York Magazine. Can I venture a guess that in David Denby's review, he wrote Independence Day, and they're trying to like make ID4 a thing? Stop trying to make ID4 happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe. So here is an interesting back of the box. One of the biggest box office hits of all time delivers the ultimate encounter when mysterious and powerful aliens launch an all-out invasion against the human race. The spectacle begins when massive spaceships appear in Earth's skies, but wonder turns to terror as the ships blast down destructive beams of fire. Now the world's only hope lies with a determined band of survivors uniting for one last strike against the invaders before it's the end of mankind. Before it's the end of July. Don't make plans for August. It's a pretty good, it's, it's a very succinct movie. I think it also establishes that this is like fully a spectacle movie. Yeah. Well, that's like Roland Emmerich's thing. Was he, was he a guy before this? We didn't look up that. So where is Roland Emmerich in his career? So before this, he had made the classic, the Noah's Ark principle. Not a classic. Uh, Let's see. He directed Universal Soldier in 1992. He directed Stargate in 1994, which is awesome. And then he directed Independence. So this also kind of launched him, right? I mean, he's like, he made a string of like large scale disaster movies ever since. Uh, then after that, he made Godzilla. He directed The Patriot. That's interesting. That's like, what if Braveheart in America? Yeah. Uh, the Day After Tomorrow, one of the only movies I've ever fallen asleep in the movie theater for. <laughs> uh, 10,000 BC, 2012. Yeah. Then he just went on to be like big destruction guy. Does he just um, do the, the Has Fallen series? Does he? Is that him? No. That is, uh, who is that? Like Olympus Has Fallen. Who is that? It's not him. That one is Antoine Fuqua. Oh, interesting. Isn't he the guy who did a uh, training day? Antoine Fuqua. Let's see. Director. This is a real tangent. Yep. He directed training day. That's correct. Yeah. Nice. Um, he was training for Independence Day. Oh, that's another day movie. Oh, yeah. We could... yeah. We could just keep, keep on the day theme. Uh, okay. So not a ton more we're getting out of this, huh? <laughs> we know what this movie's about. Like, I, I feel like we have a pretty good read on the movie. Let's watch the trailer and then talk about what we think, whether we liked it, what we think we're going to like it now. Yeah. And ready, three, two, one, trailer. Get 
like chess. First their position refuses, use this one signal to synchronize their efforts. And then what? I have a lot of thoughts on this trailer. Uh, I liked it. I liked it too. Yeah, sorry. I didn't say uh, I, 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 but okay, number one, I was totally right about the giant shadows and everyone looking up. Uh, yep. Number two, did you notice I'm pretty sure the, the oldest daughter from um, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire was in a, a brief scene in this trailer? You mean at the trailer park? Yeah. Was that not her? Uh, I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but maybe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, Harvey Fierstein is a scientist, right? Yep, and he is Jeff Goldblum's friend. Yeah. Uh, is Judd Hirsch a taxi driver, or is he who like gets looped? Or Jeff Goldblum's yeah. dad? Uh, uh, um, what else? Uh, unclear. The, oh, the ships are enormous, obviously. Uh, I really so so Jeff Goldblum gets involved because he's the one who understands their strategy from the beginning, whereas like everyone else is trying to figure out what's going on, and he's like, "This is what they're doing." So then I think when he turns out to be right, they're like, "We are going to listen to him because he was right about the main plan." Like he was right from the beginning. I think right. Interesting. How, I mean, I wonder like what his who is he? Like how does he? <laughs> No. Maybe he works at that agency oh, that first year. So in the trailer, yeah, in the trailer, it's a good trailer because I, I like that the trailer is like the first like 80% of the trailer is just the setup for the movie. Yeah. Uh, and then it shows like a bunch of explosions, which there are a lot of explosions in that trailer. Oh, yeah. That was another thing I, I thought about when I was watching the trailer. Like it at the time, it was probably like so incredibly groundbreaking. I only feel like to, like we talked about this right before, like there's an entire genre that basically Roland Emmerich created of just like giant things exploding that like now I'm like, oh, this is like one of those movies where they just like the whole movie revolves around like making things explode and look really cool. Um, but this is probably like the template setter for it. Agreed. Uh, okay. I just looked it up. I was right. Uh, it is the girl from, from uh, Mrs. Outfire. Nicely done. So two Nicely two done. connections. Okay, fine. So yeah, the trailer looks... I think I think the thing the, the last thing I'll say about the trailer and the explosions and the thing you're saying about like oh, every movie does this now. First, I think this is one of the first movies to really do this, and also it's either not CGI at all or CGI assisted on these explosions. And I want to do some research into how they did a lot of the explosion work. Like clearly, there's CGI in this movie, yeah. But I think there's a lot of not CGI in this movie, and so I suspect the explosions and all of those effects look way more real yes although the laser beam shooting looks, looks terrible. terrible yeah but we'll see we'll see when we watch the movie so what do you think you gave this movie when you saw it as a kid as a kid i think i, I loved it right i mean i think if 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 i didn't actually love it i was definitely like bullied by like the masses into pretending i loved it but i'm pretty sure i, I love i'm it. pretty sure i loved it i love what's it. not to love what do you think what do you think you're gonna give it now god I, I'm skeptical a little bit. Uh, really? Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm a nine. I'm giving this movie a oh, nine. Really? I'm, I'm so confident I'm in a love. I'm giving it a six. Here's the thing. I actually think it Ooh. could be a nine, but it could it could be more like 
demolition man than speed is what I would say about it. Where like it hasn't I just think it's a perfect formula. It's got Jeff Goldblum, it's got Will Smith in his like peak cool, it's got great action, it's gonna have great practical effects, it's gonna have terrible CGI. Agreed. Like I I'm gonna love I think, it. I'm gonna Okay. Love well I yeah, I'm gonna give it a little watch less. it. Are you gonna watch it with your kids? I know I'm not gonna watch it with my kids. I'm gonna watch it alone. Too intense? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, probably too scary. Also, Vivica A. Fox may be maybe a stripper, stripper. So you don't uh, want to introduce that. Will Smith uses the word uh, ass in the trailer, so I'm already on high alert here. Uh no. <laughs> I think it's interesting that also that Jeff Goldblum like plays a scientist. Like obviously that became like a a typecast after Jurassic Park, which is interesting. Um yeah, no, I'm I'm I'm, I'm leaving room for upside for sure. I just feel like it might not hold up well and might just be a little janky. Uh, so I'm going to give it a six. I mean, if you think about Roland Emmerich's history and filmography, like I think like these are all like fun movies, but I think like they're all not great. So I think this one's great. And I think Stargate is great. I think they call it star great for a ah, reason. There you go. Perfect ending <laughs> notes. Okay, fine. Uh, let's go watch it. Uh, we'll reconvene and uh, see who is right. Six or nine. Talk to you soon. Later. Uh, (laughs) Do you have any of your usual bullshit? Or is that me? Yeah. I mean, it could be. Uh, it was our anniversary on, uh, Sunday. Oh, happy anniversary. So we went out. Thank you. We went out to eat last night. Uh, it was pretty fun. I went to a nice restaurant, got some good food, and then I came back. It was like, so we went like on the early side because, you know, we're old and we have kids. Um, but like part of me was thinking like one of two things would happen. This sounds like I'm setting up for like something way more inappropriate. But I thought we would like, uh, go and then maybe like if we finished around like, you know, eight eight thirty, we could like go out for cocktails. Um, and the other thing was like we'd come back and like open a bottle of wine and like watch a movie. And, like we got back and like the proverbial to, Netflix like, and chill is what you're describing. Yeah. <laughs> but like actual Netflix and chill um, because you know we're we've been married a while. Uh, <laughs> we got back and like the babysitter like hadn't put oh. It baked into this is also I had to finish Independence Day last night. So I thought like, okay, we'll come back, we'll open a bottle of wine, we'll watch something, and then I'll watch Independence Day afterwards. When I get back, like the babysitter hadn't put the kids to bed. I it, I t- it took me to like ten fifteen to get the kids to bed because they were all wound up from having a babysitter. And then like none of that, like no bottle of wine, no nothing. Uh, so I just like uh, my wife was like ready to bed. I'm like uh, I'm gonna put on the second half of Independence Day. <laughs> And so, like, that was, like, the end to, like, our, like, big romantic outing was just, like, me putting the kids to bed for for 45 minutes. And then I'm like, I got to finish Independence Day. So, uh, yeah, all you listeners out there uh, owe me one. The sacrifices you made for this podcast. Yeah. Uh, I did watch Independence Day by myself. That is is Independent. I watched it independently. Yeah, uh, yeah. My wife did not want to watch it. She doesn't remember seeing it. I think you she's know seen it, but she doesn't remember it. I, th- I, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm also in that camp based on my recollections in the first half, and then watching it. Yeah, a ton didn't like scenes came back to me, but 
Yeah. Oh, right, as I was it. watching it, everything came back to me. So, like, the one thing I remember very specifically, and I'm just going to jump right into the middle of the movie. Yeah. When Vivica A. Fox is, like, running away from the explosion, and she goes into the maintenance the tunnel. tunnel yeah. As she was running away from the car, I'm like, she's, she, I'm like, in my head, I'm like, she goes into the maintenance tunnel, and she calls her dog, and her dog yeah. jumps, jumps in front of the explosion into the maintenance, like, tunnel. I distinctly yeah. remembered that before it happened uh, it's pretty great um i uh was nervous when they first introduced Rebecca fox for you that she wasn't i was correct about that we were actually pretty yeah. broadly correct about everything uh she says uh to the first lady that she does really well because i'm like you know not to like you know uh cast too many generalizations but like oh, this is a nice house like you may be way off at the stripper. She's a great view uh, of LA. Beautiful house. Um, I guess she, you know, they pay people pay well. Um, but yeah, you were right about that. I was there's, I was relieved for you and relieved for my editing uh, capabilities. <laughs> there's there's very little we got wrong. Uh, there's like a few little details. We we thought that Will Smith held on to the ring until he was going to save it for after the mission to get married, and they actually get married in the movie. We thought I thought it was a hive mind. It's not a hive mind. It's just the mothership controls the force fields or something of the other ships. Yeah. Um, and we don't remember where Jeff Goldblum works or like how he gets still not there. clear. But the 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 thing that we missed in the movie is all of so the sort of after? Like interpersonal relationships. Yes, that's true. And so, like, we knew the plot points of the movie and the visual elements of the movie, which I think we'll definitely come back when we talk about what we thought about the movie. But we did not remember any of the, like, they got married or this character died or that character did that. Like, we didn't remember any of that in our recollection. Agreed. It did not jump out to either of us as important in memory in our memory of this movie. But now that I've jumped way ahead, Ishai, why don't you describe what happens in the movie? Okay. So, I watched this over three three viewings. Where did you break? I started it, and then I was falling asleep, and I was like, this is not working. So, uh, I watched like, the first 30 minutes. And then, last night I watched most of it, and this morning I finished the last half hour. And that's actually pretty instructive. Uh, so, so, the first 30 minutes is like the aliens arriving. Mm-hmm. And then I watched all of the middle bit last night, and then this morning I watched the fight scene so you watch from like the blowing up of the white house to till the battle plan till the battle like begins and then you watch the battle yeah and i intentionally turned it off at that point because i was like i'm getting it was very late i was like getting tired and i'm like this is probably the most fun part of the movie like i want to actually be engaged for it so yeah that's how i watched it okay so I, i with that caveat and with the fact that i was nodding off at various points in the viewings uh, we'll, we'll see. I might you, you might have to fill in a few gaps for me. Um, Focus on the things we didn't talk about in the first half. Because like we got well, the plot, the aliens came, they blew up a bunch of buildings. We took the fight to the right. aliens. Okay, so the aliens show up. It's like the the trailer setup is like everyone's like, oh, like there's crazy things arriving. Somehow, like Jeff Goldblum, er, very early on, like discovers. Um, where does he work? Can do you know where he works? Okay, so he's like a cable TV. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum appears installer. to be like a cable 
Like he works at the cable network as like an equipment guy yeah. or something. Like he works at the satellite network as a guy who maintains satellites. The premise of the yeah. thing is that he's uh, he's a very smart boy chick, and yes. uh, uh, he went he's to not MIT using for his eight full years. Potential. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Okay. So he's working at the cable network, and like very early on, he discovers embedded within the satellite. Um, uh, okay, well, you skip the part where the aliens are broadcasting a message that we hear, and he, do you? he yeah, that's what's happening. The aliens are broadcasting a message using our satellites, and that's what he hears. That's what everyone. Oh yeah, hearing. but we don't hear it. Who's hearing it? Seti hears it, and Jeff Goldblum. Hears well, they it. just hear noise. Right? Yes, but it's, they don't know what it they is. They don't know it's a message. Oh, sorry, I thought they're okay. using Correct. our broadcast. Yeah. Yes, that, well, that's what I was trying to say. I thought you meant like they like were like we're coming to attack you. I'm like that didn't happen. No, okay. they're doing yes, a countdown. They, He's, there is weird stuff happening in satellites. No one could quite figure out what it is. And Jeff Goldblum, the genius that he is, is like, this is a countdown, and it's like duplicating itself, and and he doesn't know what it's for. And then the ships show up, and... But I feel like he's like, like but I know it's uh, not good. Like, he's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Judd uh, Hirsch, he... as his dad, is incredible casting, by the way. Um, they're, playing, uh, they're playing chess in the park, Okay, so so he picks up the signal. He doesn't know what it's about. These alien ships just show up very early on, these enormous, like, city-sized ships. Um, and they park over cities. And everyone is like, you know, from the president on down, is like, we don't know their intentions. Like, maybe they're here to help us. And then when Jeff Goldblum realizes that they've parked over every city and realizes that there's a countdown happening, he's like, this is a coordinated attack. His ex-wife uh, is, like, the president's aide, and he calls her, and he's like, this is an attack. You have to... And she's like, you're being paranoid. You're always paranoid because you're Jewish. And he's like, uh, if anyone knows about space lasers, it's me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and she, she hangs up on him. Um, and then he uh, gets in his car. She calls him with a his cunt. dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He gets, so he gets in his car with it. And so people are, no one knows, you know, people are starting to panic, but the president's like, look, like this, they could come in peace. We don't know what their intentions are, even though they've like parked over every major city. Um, so he drives to DC, uh, triangulates his wife's cell phone number, which is like, you know, continuing our cell phone theme, like as he's driving or as his dad's driving. It's funny because his dad is driving like an old Jewish man in the left lane. He's going like 30 miles an hour. And he keeps like, you have to go faster. Um, and so he calls her cell phone and she's like, how'd you get my number? He's like, I'm a brilliant MIT hacker. Of course I could find your number. Look out your window. He's, he's out the window. And then he, he, she brings him into the White House and he's like, this is a countdown. They're going to blow everyone up. We have to get everyone out of the cities now. Uh, she brings him into the White House, even though she thinks he's a crazy conspiracy theorist, and then pulls the president into the room while he's like dealing with the biggest crisis of all time. And then we find out that Jeff Goldblum previously knocked out the president because he thought he was having an affair with his wife, even though his wife was just really committed to her job. The president's like, not this guy. He punched me in the face. And she's like, you have to listen to him, Mr. President. And he's like, they're going to blow up the cities. Uh, it's a countdown. I figured it out. And the president's like, oh, my God, you're right. Um Tells everyone to evacuate the cities, but there's like 10 minutes left. All the cities get blown up. Everyone's panicking and freaking out. Um, while this is happening, two other subplots are happening. Will Smith and Vivica A. Fox uh, and her son are like, you know, like 
he doesn't know if he wants to commit to her. Uh, he gets called into the base. He's like, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Even though there's a giant ship At that point, does he actually LA. not know that he wants to commit to her? Yeah, well, uh, yes. Previous because, like, to the movie, he was like, I'm not sure. Right, he did. Okay, yes. But then he has the ring. But And then Harry Connick Jr. is like, I thought you didn't. You were going to dump her. He's like, yeah, no, I think she's the one. Anyway, he goes to the base. He's like, join me at the base. She's like, okay, let me go strip one more time. Yes. While the aliens it's, are It's weird are that here. she went to work. Um, I mean, that's like a clear reverse engineering of just like, we want to show her stripping and like yeah but then it's mentioned multiple other times in the movie like when he gets so he gets a rejection letter from nasa because he wants to be an astronaut and harry connor jr's like you can't be an astronaut if you're going to marry a stripper like they won't make you an astronaut. no i mean like literally like they wanted to show a a titillating scene in the movie and because the aliens show up from in like minute one she had to necessarily do that like while they were already here, which I just think is so funny. Right. Anyway, she does that, and then she packs up, and she's trying to escape. And then when, you know, so she gets to your point earlier, she gets caught up. Okay, so basically, that is one setup, and then the other setup is, like, in, like, the desert and like, Nevada or wherever. There are three uh, kids who, uh, Randy Quaid is their father, um, and he's, like, a, a alien conspiracy theorist crop duster who is, like, so zonked out from his previous... Uh, uh, abduction that he um, you know uh, flies his like uh, crop duster over the wrong field and then everyone makes fun of him and the kids are like our dad's a deadbeat and he's so embarrassing Mm -hmm. Um, and there's a scene with that uh, famous child actor for one minute where he uh, tells the the daughter he's like we don't want to die a virgin do you and then like uh, the brother grabs her out of the car so anyway uh, so he is like this alien conspiracy theorist. When the aliens come, he's like, I was right. I knew it. Uh, they're back. They're coming for us. Uh, and then they're, he's like, we got to get out of here. So they start driving. So these two groups of people are trying to flee one, the major. One other subplot. The yeah. president's wife is in oh, yes. California doing some business. And she refuses to leave on time. Um, and it's unclear whether she gets. So basically, all these people, including the president also, because he realized way too late they have to evacuate. And then they just immediately put um, Judd Hirsch and... Uh, and on Air uh, Force what's One. His name? On Air Force One. So and they fly they away all... from the explosion. Here's a... Oh, yes. The president yes. also has a daughter. Who yes. is played by... I don't know. Who's she played by? Anne Veal. Really? Yeah. Her? Oh. You're supposed I to say her? <laughs> You're right. That was a huge missed opportunity. But yeah, uh, uh, yes. Egg is her name. Egg in the movie. Uh, yeah, her name in the movie is Patricia Whitmore. So no, uh, but yeah, Mae Whitman, Anne Veal herself. That's funny. Um, so basically, like the whole setup is like all of these people are trying to flee this like imminent um, uh, attack at the same time, and it's like dicey whether they're going to get out in time right that's kind of what the setup the aliens open up their ships and beam down blue blue is it was it was it, we argued about that right a blue beam um, yep, you called it green it was definitely blue and at first it seems like it's just like blowing up one building in every place but then it uh ripples outwards in a very major way and so people are like running cars are flying very like Roland Emmerich style uh, chaos. Um, Vivica A. Fox is in the tunnel and hides in the maintenance closet. Air Force One 
pulls out of the explosion as like the, sh- the plane is like shaking. That's not the first, that's not the last time that happens in this movie. Um, the first lady gets out late and gets seemingly caught up in the explosion. It's unclear if she survived. And then the people in the RV are not in imminent Anywhere danger. near any big buildings. Yeah. One thing I think we talked about in the first half is is like whether they show it above buildings in like every country. And in the first part of the movie, they really don't. And For, the, there's one scene. There's a scene in the middle of the movie where they see where they show people coordinating the counterattack. And very specifically, they show Israel and, yep. uh, and like Palestinian forces yeah, or yeah. Lebanese forces. And then in the end of the movie, they show it like with pyramids and, and like tribal people. Uh, yeah. But it, but most of the movie is very U.S. focused. Yes. There is one early scene when the ships are arriving because it was like a huge amount of smoke when they arrived and they did show another country, but it was very brief. Um, you also thought that there would be a scene of people like barbecuing as the ships arrived. That did not happen. Oh, but they were like playing basketball. You were wrong. And stuff. You got <laughs> by this movie. Okay. So anyway, Jeff Goldblum is on You predicted the so few things. I have to point out when you're wrong. <laughs> okay, fine. Fair. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is now on the plane. He doesn't really have any other... Like, he had the one idea, and, but now he's just, like, there with them because, like, you know, we, they had to evacuate. Um, uh, Will Smith goes to the base, and so they're like... Where do they evacuate to? Just skip skip a little bit. Where do they evacuate to? Uh, That's kind of fun. Oh, yeah, Area 51. They go to Area 51. Right. That's a funny scene where... Um, the Judd old, Hirsch is like, the, we should. You got the alien before, yeah. and he's yeah. like, that didn't happen. Area Fifty One's not real, and then the and then the secretary, of the defense. guy who's like a jerk. the secretary of defense, who is like a McKinsey person, basically. Like, yeah, he's such a stick in the mud. He's like, oh, actually, uh, Area Fifty One uh, does exist. Um. Yeah. Exactly. As so they go there, and then they're like, this is the greatest thing that ever happened, and then the president's like, half of the the world was just wiped out. Like, stop. Uh, I really liked that doctor who was just like so excited. Yeah, he was funny. The scientist, Um, yeah. He was very funny. And then, uh, so they go to Area 51. They're like, we have one of their ships and we've studied them. And they communicate telepathically. Um, Okay, so concurrent with this, Will Smith is going. Goes to his base. They're like, we have to launch a counterattack. They attacked us. We have to attack them back. They deploy all of their fighter jets. First that's where they Jr. discover the force field. Yeah, Harry Connick Jr. is like his best friend. He fake proposes to him. It's very sweet. Funny misunderstanding. He's teaching him how to kiss butts. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, they go. They try to attack the ships. Yeah. The president authorizes this, and he's like, uh, shoot a million missiles at them. They do. They ha- they learn the ships have a force field. All the missiles don't work. And then they deploy a million alien spacecrafts that also have force fields and just destroy everybody except Harry Connick Jr. and Will Smith who get away. But then Harry Connick Jr. gets blown up. That's the hardest. Like Will Smith, as all of his other, you know, friends are dying, he's like, woo, this is awesome. Like literally he's like. Well, Harry Connick Jr. is ridiculous because he's doing like his fake reverend voice while everyone I have a note of that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And it's like. It's well, that's on the way. Like he's going through, like he's having, like. Well, that's on the way there. That's before pre-post-traumatic stress disorder. That's on the Mid-traumatic way there. Traumatic stress. They disorder. think I don't know why they have this false sense of confidence that they are going to like blow up 
the world's biggest Wait, like, miles you don't know why the american military has a false <laughs> sense of confidence that they're going to win some dispute easily fair that's hmm. a good point i wonder why that's a good point they would... oh i will just i one funny note to that point is uh when they were showing the broadcast from la they were like uh this is the lapd please do not fire upon the spacecraft you might inadvertently start an intergalactic war <laughs> That's <laughs> really funny. Um, uh, <laughs> One thing about this movie that's interesting that I learned is that the U.S. military was like originally going to be involved in the making of this movie because the military is involved in the making of a lot of movies mm-hmm. that are like the military is cool propaganda. But then uh, they were like, "We'll only be involved in the movie if you drop the reference, the whole thing about Area Fifty One." Oh, really? And Roland Emmerich, they were like, no, we're keeping that. And so then he didn't get the military's cooperation in making the movie. Yeah, Uh, that's funny. Uh, It's kind of funny. That's good. Uh, Okay. Also, definitely makes me think Area 51 is real. Oh, yeah. It's 100% real. Um, So that, I mean, something. There is something there. Anyway, um, so Will Smith. What about the other 50 areas? (laughs) They were all busts. So they're flying away, whatever. Everyone gets killed. Everyone gets killed. uh, And then Will Smith. Uh, they're on Will Smith's tail. It's basically like impossible to actually not get blown up by these alien ships because they're faster and they have lasers and they have uh, force fields. So Will Smith gets uh, chased by one and he flies into some kind of like canyons, maybe the Grand Canyons, um, and uh, deploys his parachute. is a cool move. Deploys his parachute so the alien can't see and then pulls up right before a wall. So the alien ship crashes into the wall. Uh, then Will Smith uh, is really pissed, sees the alien ship has crashed like 100 feet from where he landed, walks over, uh, knocks on the door, one punch takes out the alien, which, by the way, is wearing an exoskeleton. So like, Right, we later learn that the thing he punched is it's like helmet, basically. Yeah, <laughs> absurd. Uh, so then he's dragging it across the desert, uh, um, Randy Quaid's like RV uh, party uh, picks him up um, and takes him to Area 51. How do they get to Area yep. 51? They arrive at Area 51 and they're like, you can't come in here. This is a, oh, this yeah. is a classified area. You like, need clearance. And yeah, then he's like, oh, this. you want my clearance? Here's my clearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's basically exactly what I said. Yeah, exactly what you said. So, okay. So then. Because it's at, so cool. I basically remember everything cool that Will Smith does in this movie. Yeah. Okay. So as that's happening, the Vivica A. Fox subplot is that she finds a giant truck, which uh, conveniently had its keys uh, in the, you know. Flop. A very flop. common movie thing. Yep. That people, no one has ever done this in real life. No. But uh, in every movie, someone stores their keys in the in sun the, visor. Yeah. So she gets the truck. It's huge. It's really convenient because she can pick up all the survivors. She picks up all the survivors. Terrible gas mileage, though. Yeah, true. Yeah, that's true. They should really be worried about. Actually, um, uh, later when they nuke, when they try to nuke the ship, um, and Jeff Goldblum gets really drunk, he's like, "Why don't we just ruin the ozone layer and like all this stuff?" And I'm like, "Oh." He's right. Um, well, he in the beginning of the movie, they also show that he's like telling everybody to recycle. He's like, yeah. "Don't put that in the garbage. Put that in the recycling." Yeah, like, who yeah. did this? Like, he his character is very obsessed with the environment. Yes, a theme that this movie very lightly touches on. Very lightly. It's just Jeff Goldblum to be that guy. Anyway, okay. So Vivica Fox, as she's picking up the survivors, uh, picks up the first lady. We find out she survived, but she is down bad. Um, 
Uh, so they pick her up and they're driving also to area. Oh no! So then Will Smith. No, so they go area, to the base. So, yes, they go to the. So they're just driving. They're just driving. No, on. they're going to the base. They're uh, intending they're, to go to. No, they're just driving around. But then Will Smith uh, steals a helicopter from Area Fifty One, and he's like, "I'm going to find my uh, fiance," and then just like finds her. No, 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 no. He says. My wife was supposed to meet me, or my fiance was supposed oh, to meet oh, me at that base. Our base. Correct. Sorry, I thought you meant Area and 51 base. So they were like, that base got destroyed, and he goes there anyway. Right. Okay. And that's where he finds she was. her. So the, it did make sense and, that they yeah, found okay, each other. Okay, fine, fine. And she's like, you're late. And he's like, you know, I like to make an entrance. Uh, right. So and then, then he proposes with his dolphin engagement ring. And then takes them all to Area 51 uh, also. So yes. now everyone, except Randy Quaid, is at Area 51. They, no, Randy Quaid's there too. At this point? Yeah, because that's how Will Smith... Oh, right. Him. True, true, true. So everyone is now at Area 51. They uh, start studying this alien and... Um, uh, oh, first they try to nuke one of the ships and then it deflects. It and then Houston is now a nuclear wasteland. Um, and then uh, Jeff Golden... They do it. They do it. They cut open the alien. They cut open the alien, which is kind of gross. Uh, it, and then it like takes control. Uh, it kills everyone, and it like takes mind con- yeah. controls that one guy's like, "Let me out of here." Yeah, and then it mind yeah. controls the president also, and then that's when they Very briefly. shoot it. They're like, "Is this glass bulletproof?" They're like, "No, sir." And they all just like, also cool, also a yeah. cool moment. Uh, so they kill the alien. Uh, they get they get little out of him because, but it's it, so basically they are the little green men inside of these much bigger, scarier predator looking. Uh, exoskeletons um, and that's that was like the big actually it didn't really have a payoff but the the reveal of the scientist was like they're f- as fragile as we are they just have these awesome exoskeletons which again mm-hmm. that doesn't actually pay off in any way but it doesn't pay off that it's much. just interesting no. okay so then the president calls off the nuclear strike and that weaselly secretary of defense is like you shouldn't have done that and then you're fired and then Jeff Goldblum, well, no, he flies in after the next thing. Because Jeff Goldblum gets really drunk, and then he's so mad. And then his dad's like, oi, you'll catch a cold. Because <laughs> he's sitting on the floor. He's like, you'll catch a cold yeah. from sitting and on the he's floor. Like, he's like, a cold. Give the aliens a cold. Yeah. Uh, so he's like, Mr. President, I have a plan. Uh, I will upload a virus into the mothership, assuming that like they have the same exact technology as us, and the virus will work seamlessly. No, no, he makes it work. In, he shows it. So remember, they have the alien ship in Area 51. Oh, right. And the force field is intact. Right. And so he has Adam Baldwin's character shoot at it. And it then he gives shoots it the, the virus. And then yes. he gives it the virus and the shield right. goes down. And he's like, now shoot it. Okay. So they're basically like, we have uh, to give the mothership a virus so all the shields go down and then we will coordinate attack worldwide. They start, and then the Secretary of Defense is like, this is absurd. You're listening to a cable repairman. I'm the Secretary of Defense. And the President's like, not anymore, you weaselly fuck. Uh, and uh, Right, he says, get off my plane, and he fires kicks him, him off Air Force Oh, one. crucially, as this is all happening, uh, the First Lady has terrible internal bleeding and dies. Uh, that, yep. that, that's a thing that Sidebar. <laughs> Sidebar. Um, uh, there is like a payoff where like she calls him a terrible liar in the uh, early in the movie, and then he goes in, and he's like, the doctor said you'd be just fine, and she's like, you're a terrible liar. It's pretty emotional. Um, and then she dies, and then Anvil's like, is mommy sleeping? And he's like, yes. And then they hug, and then he gets back to work, and then he's like, um, we are going to do Jeff Goldblum's plan. Secretary of Defense is like, this is ridiculous. He 
fire the Secretary of Defense. He's like, you can't. God, we love how much he fired the Secretary of Defense. <laughs> well, he's, like, <laughs> he's like, you can't do this. And then Jeff Goldblum's ex-wife is like, well, he just did. Uh, and so then they're like, okay. And then Will Smith gets married to Vivica A. Fox. Yes, they get married. Before the mission, where because he and Jeff Goldblum are going to fly together. Yeah, so they okay, so they're like the Jeff Goldblum ship. and him have to fly the alien aircraft again. The Secretary of Defense is like, this is ridiculous. So they are going to fly into space with the alien aircraft because Will Smith is like, they're like, no one knows how to fly this. He's like, I've seen them fly once, sir. I can do it. <laughs> He's like, I've seen them fly from my fighter jet. Uh, so, um, and then they're like, okay, we're going to Morse code the whole world. And we're going to plan yep. a coordinated attack via Morse code. And there's we those, were kids. Morse code was so cool. So cool. It's also an executive decision. Uh, so there's it's like. It's in every, like, it's the coolest. It's one of those things also that's like a kid's thing. is just like, kids know Morse code and they think it's awesome. Like, yeah. there is no reason that they could not have sent the message in English. Yeah, totally. It is not obvious that the aliens, aliens understand. I know, but they were trying to be, you know. You know, it just appeals to a kid. You're just like, oh, it's in Morse code. It's awesome. So then, like, all these, like, military people from around the world, like a montage, are like, a coordinated attack? I'm in. Like, literally, it was like that dialogue. This rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they all just, like, go to their ships to stand by. And then Will Smith uh, and uh, Jeff Goldblum fly into space. They dock into the i like how you're holding a lego spaceship uh i appreciate that uh they dock into the thing they're like this is a terrible idea they, then they they're like jeff golden was like no 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 this is fully loaded you can close the windows and they close the windows so the aliens can't see them and then he uploads the virus and then the president i missed this part is also a pilot is it was he like a decorated yeah he was a, he was a pilot in somewhere Vietnam? No. Gulf War? Gulf War, probably. So he leads this new attack. They're like, we need any and all pilots. Randy Quaid's like, I was a pilot. Nom. Uh, so they lead this attack. Will Smith uh, flies in. They deploy the virus. They're like, uh, test it out. And then they lead this attack. The president shoots a, a missile. Doesn't work. The, the... No, someone else shoots a missile. And oh, it really? Work. And then the president's okay, the president's like, I like, want to try uh, one. Yeah. And then it works. And then he tries and it works. And they're like, and then they're like the attack is on. on. And yeah. they all start attacking. They start shooting. And then they're like, uh, these are still uh, miles wide alien ships. These right. These ships are, are like 15 miles nothing. wide. It says at one they're point. They're like run out of bombs. They're like, this is uh, not working. And uh, and then Jeff Goldblum deploys the wider virus as this is happening. On the alien screens, there's like a laughing skull that says virus, virus, <laughs> virus. <laughs> and then they're like we're out of bombs and then they open up their ship to do the big uh beam thing again and then randy quaid's like sorry boys i was stuck behind but i'm here now and i still have missiles i'm gonna shoot that opening now and then um he's like i've played a video game before and i know that the glowing bright spot is the weak point you idiots who have been wasting all of your missiles yep and then uh he tries to deploy his missile it doesn't work his son is now also in Area 51 because they drove there and he just has access to the classified war room. And then he's like, tell my my children I love them. And he he's like, I'm back because uh, they abducted him previously. And he flies into the beam as it's about to uh, explode and he blows up the ship. And then everyone's like, yep. that's how you blow up the ship. They blow up all the ships. Uh, the movie ends. 
Right. Uh, no, and oh, no. Will Smith, Will Smith and, uh, and Jeff Goldblum have to escape. They, oh, first, they uh, deploy a nuke. I didn't know that was part of their plan. Um, oh, yes. They shoot a nuke into the mothership. And then they have 30 seconds to escape. They think they're going to die in there. But then once they shoot the nuke, it um, it goes through the uh, alien who's like holding their ship hostage. And then they get released. They fly out through like a closed closing door, like Indiana Jones type scene, where they just make it out. And they're like, woo, we did it. But then a nuclear explosion happens, and you're like, maybe they didn't do it. Which, again, is a theme that happens over and over and over again in this movie. And then they're like, uh, we're like, we won the war. And they're like, what about those two people? Uh, and they're like, they didn't. We lost communication, sir. And they're like, wait, we have something. And then Vivica Fox and Jeff Goldblum's ex-wife um, uh, are driving, and they see them, and they're both walking, and they're smoking cigars, and they're like, we're the mans. So, yeah, the other thing is that Will Smith has his cigar ritual. Yeah. He brings a victory cigar on every mission. Yes. And he and smokes then, it when the fat lady sings. Yes, and then he's like, enough with the fat lady. My God, so much fat lady. The fat lady. Uh, <laughs> and then Je Jeff Goldblum is smoking, and his ex-wife is like, I thought you were an environmentalist. He's like, people change, baby. And then, and then the movie ends. Oh, I forgot one crucial scene. In which that's what happens. I forgot one crucial scene in which when they think they're all going to die again at Area 51, uh, Judd Hirsch busts out a kippah and starts a prayer circle. And then... Uh, no, I think someone gives it to him. Oh, really? I, a kippah I, and a sitter. Oh, okay. Because he's like, he tells Jeff Goldwyn earlier, he's like, I haven't prayed since your mother died. Uh, and then the secretary, the recently fired secretary of defense comes and he goes, uh, but I'm not Jewish. And then Judd Hirsch goes, eh, nobody's perfect. Great line. Uh, Great line. And that's the movie. So uh, that's the movie. I guess since I did the recap, I will ask you, uh, what did you think? So I'm very, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I thought I was going to give this movie a nine. Yeah. You were a little bit more hesitant in the first half. <clears throat> I think I said like a six. I'm not giving it a nine. Yeah. It's too long. Way too long. To be a nine. Um, and I'm between a seven and an eight. Really? Okay. I, think. I still liked it. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think what was helpful for me was actually watching it in pieces because the last 30 minutes were great. It was just so long. There was literally... I also think the first 30 minutes are great. Like, yes. I love the slow burn. And I think... There should have been... I think if I saw this movie in a theater, it would be a 10. Like, I think I would, I would be very like, this movie is a 9 or a 10 because it's so overwhelming. Yeah. And there's so much, like... Big practical effect, money on the screen stuff. Uh, and I like that the movie is invested in these characters enough to give us the emotional beats. I just wish the characters were more interesting. Uh, like, there's this line in the Roger Ebert review that I'm just going to read his exact words. Uh, the alien threat is intercut with lots of little stories involving colorful characters who are chosen for their ethnic, occupational, and sexual diversity. <laughs> Representing the human race here are not only David the tech head and the president, but also, quote, this is all quotes, <laughs> but also assorted blacks, Jews, Arabs, Brits, exotic dancers, homosexuals, cute kids, generals, drunken crop dusters, tight-lipped defense secretaries, and the McLaughlin group. Yikes. There's not a single character in the movie who doesn't wear an invisible label. Interesting. I think that's a somewhat fair criticism. I mean, I just think like, yes, yeah, they are all uh, stock characters for sure. It's not, I and, mean, it, and it, it's, it's very cardboard. It's very stereotypical, but like the I, movie is still invested in, isn't it nice that Will Smith and Vivica A. Fox get married? And isn't it sad that the president's wife dies? Yeah. 
Like it, it gives you these moments, but then it immediately moves on. Like the thing is, it does these things that I like, and then it doesn't sit with them. Like no one in this movie is concerned that New York is destroyed. Yeah, there are right. That's the thing is there. There's like, manufactured emotional beats because they're like we need emotional beats for this type of movie, but they don't. They don't land. But that. But in the movie, they land in the moment, but yes. then they don't sit with them. Correct. But in the movie's defense or whatever, like. Uh, it's not what this movie is. This movie is a disaster movie, ultimately, right? It's an alien invasion disaster movie. And, like, that is, like, the template of this movie. And so, like, they're following that. Te- like, I I think that makes this movie not great. But I don't think it's a criticism about this movie specifically. Because I think, like, the movie is doing what it was supposed to do uh, in that regard. As a spectacle, the movie is amazing. Yeah. As a movie... It's tougher. That's why watching it at home, I think it suffers a little bit for me. My, anyway, that's I hear enough that. for me. My criticism of even the spectacle part is that first coordinated explosion from the aliens, it's so long. It's just like slow motion fire, like for so long. Well, if you built the models that they built to make this movie possible, like the White House explosion alone is 40 explosions. Yeah. Uh, and like... I hear that. You're gonna yeah, put that all on just screen. So and it, long. It was so it looked so good though. Yeah, it was cool. Uh it was very cool. Like it was I would I'll probably I'm, I'm gonna land between a six and a seven. Like it was ent- oh, wow. entirely too long. Like Yeah, I agree. The too whole long. middle section was so slow and unnecessary. Um the end was great, the beginning was great, the premise is great and fun. At the end I was like you're like, yay, we won. And I'm like, well, I, my tax dollars aren't paying to clean up this mess. Like, <laughs> they were like, there was no. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to like, ignore, like, every city was destroyed. There's miles wide alien ships just sitting there. Um, I just thought that was like a funny thing. Yeah, it was, it was, I think, good for what it was, but I think it could have been much better if it was shorter. Um, Will Smith, there's in, like, I think. Despite the stock characters, I think you could see this is like a star-making turn for Will Smith. He's got a mm-hmm. lot of great one-liners. Um, he... I would watch ten whole movies of Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum as like an odd couple yeah. pairing. Jeff Goldblum was also really good. I thought Bill Pullman was like pretty good for who he was supposed to be. Um, yeah, so I think the performances were 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 fine. You know, pretty good. Like. So you could see that, like, I, I could see how this really, like, launched Will Smith afterwards. I could see why this was, like, a, a big success as a movie. I just think, and this is, like, I, I've been thinking about this, like, I wonder if my feelings of most of these movies were, like, I think they're going to be a little better than they are, is, like, I'm watching them with a critical eye instead of just watching them as, like, for the sake of, like, enjoying them. Because most movies we've done, and now I think we're, like, approaching 20 I'm like, this is not as good as I remember it being. <laughs> Famously, we don't know the number anymore. <laughs> uh, like, I just like they all are like, eh, I, I, I don't think it's just that you're watching it with a critical eye. I do, I do think, especially in the case of this movie, it really suffers watching it at home. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, and you probably watched it with the volume down because your kids were asleep. Right. Right. right and like so I wasn't, you're supposed I wasn't to be overwhelmed, overwhelmed by right. the experience of this movie uh especially like the first part totally um and the scale of everything and it, it gets diminished when you watch it at home i think we're older right like i think that that's the other part of this that is what's core to the podcast totally uh, but this movie for instance is not like specifically marketed towards kids right like 
people our age watch this but in you say, 1997. You say that, but then, like, there's the Morse code thing, and, like, there's... Uh, the thing that got me as a kid thing is, like, when they do the wedding sequence, right? Will Smith marries Vivica A. Fox by giving her the engagement ring. Yeah. And she does not give him a ring. And then when the person marries them, he doesn't say, I do. He says, I will. For some reason. And I remember it just being like really weird. And I'm like, who is that for? Like every adult person in the room knows that there are two rings at a wedding. Right. The only people who don't know that are children. Right. Interesting. Right. Like that is like such a child's idea of a wedding. It's like, hey, you give them the wedding ring at the wedding. That's what a wedding is. Yeah. Uh, That's funny. That's interesting. uh, I do think the movie is very much like on that wavelength. The thing that I thought was really funny is like where the movie came from. Um, On the Stargate press tour, a movie that I loved as well, Stargate, um, some reporter asked Roland Emmerich like why he made a movie about aliens if he doesn't believe in aliens. And he's like, well, I just, you know, I I don't, you know, I don't like, I, I, he said something like that he, he, it's not that he believes in aliens or not, but he just thinks it's an interesting thing to tell a story about. And then he was like, and if aliens came, like, do you really think that they would spend a bunch of time, like, in your, like, hanging out at farms or whatever? Oh, wait, fuck. Let me find the actual, let me find the actual quote. Uh, because it is funny. Um, so, okay, so basically... Uh, Right, so Emmerich just said, like, you know, he's fascinated by the ideas of alien arrival, and then he says, <laughs> he says to the reporters, like, imagine what would happen if a 15-mile spaceship was just hovering over the world's cities, like, and then he turned to Devlin, who wrote the movie with him, who, and he was like, uh, I think I have the idea for our next movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, and then it's just like, yeah, like, if you were coming, would you hide on a farm, or would you make a big entrance? Right. Right. And it's just like he's bothered by the idea that like in all these alien movies, they always just like start in the middle of nowhere. It's like, why would they start in the middle of nowhere? Right. Uh, it's so much cooler to make this big entrance, which they do. And it's awesome. The, the, the thing I would say, though, that the reason I looked up like how the script was written is because I was I was reading. And there's enough stuff in this that makes you think that there might have been a more interesting movie here in like there's the climate change thing. They they do reveal that they find out that the aliens do this like this is their mo yeah they move from place to place they use up all the resources and then they move on yeah and they just kill the inhabitants and that ties and there is like there's an environmental theme and there's a colonialism theme oh interesting like there's a there's like a look in the mirror theme here right that the movie very lightly glances on and as far as i know there is not an alien invasion movie that touches on that that deeply Interesting. Uh, which I think would be really interesting, but well, I was uh, like, oh, District, maybe District I, Nine obviously has District Nine touches on apartheid, yeah, very it's, closely. That's like colonialism adjacent, right? It's adjacent, but it's not exactly the same. It, yes, it's true, but like in that case, the aliens are actually the oppressed right. by humans. Right, right, right. They're not the yeah, oppressors, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? That's true. There's this idea of like we always think that we're better than I don't know. There's something in here where like. And it's it's sort of undercut by things like the president giving this really big speech and it being very America centric and yeah. America basically winning and everyone else kind of just doing their own thing off to the side right. like being side characters. The president in literally story. saves the world, like right. The, the US Where this president. movie isn't right. This movie is not fully aware of itself, right? 
uh, in that sense. And I was wondering if this was one of those things where like there was a script that was floating around Hollywood and it was more interesting and it got stripped down. But it, it sounds like that's not the case at all. It was just a script Emmerich and Devlin dreamed up. And it some of these more interesting ideas kind of percolated into it, but didn't get uh, fermented at all. <laughs> uh, Percolation, ferment. I'm hungry. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, like, I think it's, I think, it. I think that's an interesting angle as far as, like, it is a popcorn disaster movie. And, like, there's only so much you could push into that space, right? Like, if you push too far and, like, you kind of ruin the whole, like, this is a movie for everyone that's just about explosions and alien invasions. And, like, I think there's a balance there. Like, I don't expect that out of this movie. And I think it's fine that it's not super deep in that regard. I really just think if it was uh, shorter, it would have been way punchier. Like, it has such a, a saggy underbelly. Uh, underbelly? Midriff? Midsection? I don't know. Has such a saggy mid... Fupa? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This movie needs uh, PX90 um, or, or whatever. P90X? Uh, P90X. There you go. Beachbody. I'm glad that I uh, said something wrong. That We we wouldn't be able to finish this episode unless I, I said something wrong. Uh, yeah. So I think, I, yeah. I th- oh, so are you going to introduce it to your kids? No. I Even I was like gr- uh, grossed out by the uh, cutting the alien head in half. I don't think they're ready for that. that I, they'd be in my bed for uh, months. I think that if my kids are kid is ever into like alien invasion movies specifically or has a will smith phase maybe but yeah, yeah I, i'm not running to be like this is in the canon it has to be yeah forever i think it was very so big of its time but i don't i would say it doesn't last the test of like 30, 20 30 years later you know but here's what i will say if it does like a re-release in cinema okay yeah then i will go yeah that's fair Okay. Like if they if like in 2026 they do a 30th anniversary cinema re-release for it, I will be like, hell yeah! I hear Let's that. Let's go see Independence Day. <laughs> um, do you oh, have yeah. any other notes or research that you want to share? It doesn't seem like it's no. I, I peppered deep. in the research. Yeah, I peppered in the research. I didn't get to go super deep. I thought the ships looked really cool. Roger Ebert disagreed. He thought the ships looked pretty basic. Okay. Um, I think what's interesting about them is that you can only see pieces of them because they were so big, and then you can kind of see like so big. the intricacies of like the intercutting of the metal or whatever it is. I thought that was interesting that you never were able to see like a full scope of them, which I think lent to the idea of like these ships are so big, you can't even like capture them in one shot. So like I thought that yeah, was the scale. I thought that was an interesting uh, concept to do that. So I'm the scale okay was really well done. Yeah. Um, the other note that I have is the final battle, the final sequence of like them escaping. Um, it could have been more exciting, I thought. Yeah. Uh, that's not really much of a note. Uh, bu- 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 bu. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. All right. So I'm between a six yeah, and a seven. Good movie. You're giving it a seven? I'm going to give it a seven. Okay. Seven. So that's my final score. Okay. Perfect. Seven non-canonical, but see it in a cinema. Perfect. Um, okay. So it's my pick for the next movie, right? Yep. I am really torn. Uh, I have, I, truly to this moment, I don't know what I'm going to pick. Like I will maybe want to record uh, two eventualities. No, just pick one. You got to just pick one. <sighs> okay. You know what? I don't care. Let's do Jurassic Park. Uh, Woo! 
I want to do Jurassic Park because I just think it is a really big one from our childhood that I love. And I don't know when we're going to get a chance to get back there. I had a path forward from a different movie that I was thinking of. But no, I want to do Jurassic Park. Who <laughs> was your path forward? Uh, Samuel Jackson. <laughs> I just think uh, it's awesome. And I'm excited to do it. And we should be doing, you know, the ones that we don't remember well, I think are fun for that setup. But I also think like we should be doing some of these big tent poles. Uh, so I'm, I'm psyched to do Jurassic Park. Well, at the time that Independence Day came out, it was the second highest grossing film of all time, I believe, behind Jurassic Park. Oh, nice. Um, awesome. So we will do Jurassic Park next. I am genuinely excited because I love that movie, but I, I, I watched the newer one. I think I remember that movie pretty well. So I'm, I know, I mean, you're obviously a huge fan of the Jurassic franchise. You have a Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom popcorn bucket yep. that you keep in private place at your house that someone got you as a great birthday present. <laughs> Because uh, they know you so well, yep. that they almost bought you an Owen Grady custom Liverpool jersey. Really? Because <laughs> I was like, this would be the funniest gift in the world because it combines your two favorite things: <laughs> Liverpool, <laughs> Jurassic World, and Chris Pitt's character Jurassic World, <laughs> whose name you definitely know. I'd be like, who's Grady? Uh, that's funny. Uh, that yeah, I thought it would that. be funny if you wore it to your Liverpool bar and people were like, "Why does your shirt say Owen Grady on it?" And you had to explain who Owen Grady was. That is really funny. Uh, you would have put Owen Grady. That's really it funny. It would have to have said Owen Grady on the back. That's Because really no one knows who that is. Yeah. Uh, that's really good. Uh, All right. Well, we'll do Jurassic Park next week. Looking forward to it. Talk to you soon.